what do you do for meat warm up briefly since it's rapid? Um, we I do it's around two thousand meters. Start with some aerobic, then mix of kickback free. Um, then I go into some descend reps, then some race pace, and then a little tiny swim down, and then close on as quick as possible and keep the warmth in. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a partial crew, Dr. John Mullen, and joining us from across the pond, Daniel Whiffen. What's up, Daniel? So everybody, hello. <laughs> Daniel, we got a few uh, suggestions from our Instagram followers for some quick rapid questions to start us off. So first of all, what's the most meters you've ever swam in a training session? Oh, uh, 12, 12 kilometers, probably. Okay, yeah. that's not as high as I might have thought for a distance swimmer, but I'm glad that it's not more than that. Quality over quantity. Um, what's something you do to annoy your brothers? Oh, uh, I think, uh, well, my twin, Nathan, probably just trained faster. That probably annoys him. <laughs> <laughs> my older brother, I've got no idea. I've, I've got no idea. <laughs> All right. Mary, fuck, kill. Guinness, Jameson, or Kerrygold's butter? All right. Uh, probably. What were the What were the three? It was. We've got Guinness, Jameson, and Kerrygold's butter, which is popular in the U.S. And I want to know if it's popular in Ireland. But first, you can rank them, and then you can let us know if anybody actually eats it there. Kill. Um, I keep forgetting. So Guinness, the butter, and Jameson. Jameson. I've never had Jameson. <laughs> uh, so we'll fucking James <laughs> marry Guinness and kill the bus. All right, sounds good. I like that. And then um, we'll uh, we'll transition away from rapid. This one doesn't have to be quick, but it's uh, submitted by one of your competitors, Ahmed Hafnawi. He wants to know what it's like uh, to balance school at Loughborough and training. How do you, how do you do it um, and compete at such a high level with all the results that you're having and, and kind of bursting onto the scene the last couple of years with your fourth place finishes at world's fourth fastest all time. Give us, give us a sense of that and help, help, help Ahmed understand what he needs to know about you to compete about against you here in the future meets. Uh, uh, studying and swimming is probably a very hard mix. I think there's a lot more people doing it now. I think uh, I think most of the distance guys up and coming are starting to study and swim. Um, I'd say that the main difference is we try to probably prioritize in different parts of the season. Studying will come first. And when we're in exam season and then swimming is just a back burner off that. And I've actually got two more years left in Loughborough of studying. So um, I'll be keeping up for another two years, I guess. What are you studying? Uh, computer science. What do you want to do with that? Uh, probably nothing. Probably go to something <laughs> after. <laughs> I thought you'd be getting into video editing or professional podcasting with everything you and your brother are doing on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go. We have a media page. I mean, I, I like taking videos of other people and like making Instagram reels. I do that a lot. And uh, YouTube's just very fun as well uh so i mean if i hit off on youtube maybe but i don't think that would pay the bills at the moment anyway yeah it's funny you got to get to a certain threshold before there's any any bill pay otherwise it's just a hobby but um yeah yeah you're entering the world of the a creator economy and 
lots of different career opportunities to come. I'm curious, do you use do you use uh, AI at all? Uh, we're starting because uh, we can clip up our videos on it and make it into YouTube Shorts. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to start doing that. Uh, I just haven't really got around to it, to be honest. I've been uh, quite busy at the moment. But uh, yeah, and then I think my twin does all the Photoshop for the thumbnails and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not sure if he uses Photoshop AI or not. I haven't spoke to him about it. Before I started wearing Magic 5 goggles, I didn't notice how many times that I would stop and clear out my goggles in between reps. But then once I started wearing them, I realized that I didn't have that same need, not just for fog, but for comfort. Yep. And I just had a tendency to to like take my goggles off for a quick break because I don't know why. Once I started wearing really comfortable goggles, I stopped doing that. And that's really what Magic 5 does for me. It's like, I just have a comfortable goggle that's tailor cut for my face. So you can support Social Kick directly by picking up a pair of Magic 5 goggles using our affiliate link. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. Hey, you mentioned being busy recently. I know we rescheduled this a few times, but can you tell us a little bit more about what you've been up to recently? What training, school, and, and what all the travel's been up to? Yeah, so actually, uni doesn't start back till next week, uh, but I've been all over, to be honest. So we rescheduled twice, I think. The first time I was back in Ireland uh, doing a talk um, for one of the Olympic sponsors uh, for Team Ireland. And then uh, the last time uh, over the weekend and a bit before, I was in um, Eindhoven in the Netherlands because uh, they've got this tank where they can basically film 360 of your stroke. And then they've got these uh, technicians who are there who are really good and basically can pinpoint where you're going wrong with your technique and stuff like that. And I actually learned quite a lot because I was there and I was um, I did some dives. You know, I don't really care about dives that much, but the, the way they explained it to me, it was like, yeah, you probably have one of the worst dives, but if you improve your dive by like 0.5 to 15 meters, then that's a lot of lactate you won't have to produce on the first 50. That's what I left it as. Tell us more about some of those uh, takeaways that you had other than, you know, mastering your dive where you're going to be, what, 5.1 to 15 meters now. I'm sure that's your your goal, right? Um, maybe what are some other takeaways from, like you said, you got some nice takeaways from that experience. Yeah, so we did redo, I guess it was mainly focused on dive and turns. Uh, they told me basically that um, I was, I mean, I'm go 14.34, so I'm not a terrible swimmer. That's what they like to tell me first. He told me that the the best swimmer is not the person who can lift the heaviest in the gym, which I felt was really great because, I mean, I still I lift an okay amount of weight, but I'd say, like, I wouldn't be lifting the most at the distance, guys, in Loughborough, and they told me that's okay, and it's really about who's the most streamer in the water because you can lift, you can bench 100 kilos, but you can be, have horrible streamer and you're going nowhere. So that's what they told me. There were just some, yeah, some takeaways I took away. Yeah, we were talking recently um, about, you know, sprinting with Cam McAvoy and his approach uh, to this kind of resurgence to, um, you know, win a world title in the 50 free after, you know, a, a, an amazing career, but obviously a bit of a comeback and a focus on sprinting events. And his, one of his big takeaways was was strength, but not so much like total uh, weight that he could push it's it's specifically about how you can apply it in the water um, yep. and he even took a bunch of time away from lifting and just did power rack in the pool 
and um, came back after a few months off of not doing pull-ups and then had, you know, some crazy gain. I can't remember what the number was, but it was like a, like a 20% gain in his max pull-up, um, without having done any pull-ups because he was getting stronger specifically in the water. So yeah, the water, the water strength matters, um, quite a lot. I'm curious what that looks like for, for a distant swimmer though. What kind of things are are you doing to to get strong or like apply them specifically that don't have, um, you know, that may not be, you know, like the thing that you're chasing numbers uh, for in the gym. You're like looking for how do I get better at this so that I can see the results in the water? Yeah, well, I'm not really sure how my gym session applies to water. You speak to my gym coach about that. But basically, we do all the main lifts in terms of like bench, chins, back squat. And some, sometimes we swap back squat for trap bar, a deadlift. But um, I mean, when we're in the gym, to be honest, I think we're more there for condition, like trying to make sure we, it's injury prevention. I would probably say more instead of trying to put on a load of muscle. Uh, and uh, we do a lot of high rep stuff. Like we'll do, uh, for example, uh, last week we did, um, was it 10 minutes of pull-ups? Uh, sorry, where you hold, you pull up and you hold at the top for three seconds, you go back down and you do 10 minutes and as many reps as you can get in in that 10 minutes, basically. Uh, I think I got pretty high. I got like 67. Uh, so that, I thought that was pretty, that was pretty good. I was matching, nearly matching the sprinters on that. And um, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> the rest of that week, I was kind of dead after. So. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like quite a pull-up set. I mean, were, were you guys right next to each other doing that? Or was that um, – tell us yeah, about so that environment. So our gym is split up into – we have we, – luckily enough, we've got amazing facilities. So we say we got quarters of the gym. So one quarter will have distance, then we'll have mid-distance, and then we'll have the sprinters take a half. And uh, so the sprinters say are on this side, uh, this side, and we're on this side of the gym. And basically – all the distance boys just going against each other. We're racing, see how many parts we can get in. And I wasn't even looking at the sprinters. I was just like, I could hear them shouting at each other. I was like, I wonder if we'll be close. And then, yeah, well, it turns out we were quite close. So it was quite good. So is that like the main difference between the sprinters and the distance swimmers? You got the sprinters like smacking themselves and like getting themselves pumped up, snorting pre-workout. And then you guys are over there, you know. You know, editing YouTube videos on your getting computer science degrees. Yeah, you'll you'll see the camera out, film a YouTube videos, probably flashing lights in people's faces while they're doing the while they're doing the exercises. Yeah, the sprinters are just over there, probably lifting some insane weight. And when I was looking over, it's like, yeah, I could probably do that, but I'm not going to show you. <laughs> One oh, of the things you mentioned earlier was that you went back um back home and you gave a, a talk for the olympics tell us a little bit more about that talk and you know are you one of the main headliners in ireland i'm just not as familiar i'm sorry about that but one of the main headliners heading into the olympics for ireland as a you know big time medal contender yeah well luckily we're, we're not a big country in terms of the amount of medals we produce so i'd say that i'm probably one of the front runners of trying to uh, get that olympic medal and uh, yeah, so I mean, I just went back just to do a talk, basically the sponsors basically interviewed me on stage and uh, asked me basically what I've done so far and what I'm doing at the moment. And then they also asked my my mum was there, and they were asking her questions about what it was like coach like bringing me to training and um, yeah, just cooking for me and stuff like that when I was younger, bringing me to school. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
it's actually great Irish sport at the moment. We are we are getting quite a lot of um like basing medal contenders, as you said. And uh, I mean, I don't really pay attention to the other sports until this year, until I've been like a part of this group of the people pushing for the medals. And uh, I've noticed more and more that we're probably getting a lot more than uh, we will have last year. So at the Olympics, we could end up with, well, I think, I don't know how many, we probably got three or four at the last Olympics, kind of with a double digits, maybe. Who are some of those, or maybe not the names, you can if you want, but I'm just curious, what are some of the other sports where Ireland has Olympic chances? And what are what are you most excited to watch? What other Olympic sports do you like watching? Uh, so our best sport is rowing. Uh, we have, we're the Olympic champs uh, in double, men's double lightweight, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and then we also have a women's uh the quad one i don't know they got a bronze medal as well boxing were very good at i think that's getting taken out of the olympics uh maybe not this one but the one after uh but we have gold medalists previously in that um my favorite event to watch in the olympics other than swimming would be i like the boxing the boxing's good uh i also like athletics the men's 100 and 200 meter they're like the prime events go watch i guess i enjoy them all right, Paris is over. How many gold, silver, bronze does Ireland ha- have at the end of the whole competition? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, well, we definitely got one one of each, and uh, I don't I don't know. At least one of each. I think I can't I can't even say. I've got no idea. <laughs> if you've been listening to Social Kick for a while, you know that we haven't been doing ad reads on this show. But as we've grown, we want to create more Social Kick content, and we want to do so by partnering with the right brands that we actually believe make good products. Well, we found one with the Magic 5. We love this product, and we're happy to partner with the Magic 5. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. Daniel, just want to go back to the past year and a half, um, or you know, maybe even before that, because... When I say the past year and a half, I think about, um, you know, your results starting with Commonwealth Games and then into having a big swim uh, earlier this past year uh, with a a fourth best all time and then coming fourth at Worlds twice, um, seated second in one of those races, like, you know, uh, really, really kind of emerging from an ex point of view from a spectator point of view from a people who follow the sport and are fans of the sport point of view but you've been working at this for a long time so it, it may not be um so sudden to you i'm just curious like for you to share with us a bit about your background your your kind of emergence into swimming your kind of um success beyond the national level and onto a world level and then where you're where you're going um beyond you know where you are today where your goals are i kind of i want to know it all like tell us about the the story of your your swimming journey okay i probably start swimming probably something really serious when i came to university in in loughborough that this is my fourth year so just over around three years ago and um i went there with the expectation of in my head making the olympics on my first year well within uh, six months, I think I had to make it. And I went into Loughborough with a PB of 15.39 and 8.12. And then I basically got there. I got really shocked because I was probably the worst in the squad. 
but I think that was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I met my coach, Andy, uh, one of the best coaches ever, I think, in distance swimming. Uh, we started off, um, Felix Arbeck was uh, uh, probably one of the main names that came to Loughborough at the same time as me. So my goal, as soon as I jumped in, was let's beat him. Let's see, maybe this first year, year we'll try beat him on one session. That'll be my goal. Uh, I don't think my first year I beat him, but I made the Olympics, uh, which was my goal for the season. I think I dropped, went from, I qualified in the 800. So I dropped from 812 to 753, 752 at the Irish trials. So that was within six months. And then my 1500 went from 1539 to, I want to say like 1512, I think, something like that. And then I made that Olympics. It's all like we still were having going in and out of lockdown. And uh, I'm very close to my twin, which was very hard for me because he wasn't fast enough to train a lot of the time. I think we were away from each other for four months or three months, which is the longest period we've ever been away. Uh, so it was actually a very hard time for me to train and study at the same time. I was also doing a full-time degree like all the time as well as this. And um, <clears throat> so we did that. I also made the Olympics. Then it started getting properly pretty real for me. I then started looking at me as like a potential senior athlete because I made the – obviously making the Olympics is massive in Ireland. Then I pro kept progressing. And at the Olympics, I was in the first heat of the 1500, which I won my heat, uh, which was very fun. Uh, and I think I went 15.07, so another drop. And then in the 800, I won my heat in 7.51, which is now the A Cup um, from the last Olympics. I think I came uh, 14th. Uh, so that was a great first season, and I, probably one of my favorite seasons because of just everything was new, and it was really it was just a lot of fun training with everybody. Uh, then went to the next season. Uh, the main goal for that season, we have this like three-year plan up until the Paris Olympics and obviously making the first one. This year's goal uh, was to make the final at World Champs in Budapest and then to win a Commonwealth medal uh, after that. Uh, so we went all the way through the season, uh, swimming really well. Uh, my like training was going better than ever. We, we started altitude camps. Uh, we did two that year. Uh, very fun. Uh, I really enjoy altitude. It's a it's a great time to bond with your teammates, um, and I'll, I'll obviously still chasing Felix, uh, which uh, I don't know if we were getting competitive then. Maybe I just thought in my head we were, but he was still <laughs> quite far ahead. Uh, and then uh, we carried on. I got to the world champs. I uh, went all out in the heats. I made the final. I think I was fifth in, and uh, obviously going all out in the heats means that you're going to struggle in the final to. PB, which I didn't sadly PB. I think I came eighth, so last in the final. But I made my goal of making the final, and I came ninth in the 1500. Then, so I mean, I wanted to make one final, but the, it would have been nice to make a 15. But I was still very happy. Then came back, went to Commonwealth Games. Uh, I came fourth in the 400 free, uh, which was very surprising for me because my 400 free was terrible up until that point. I think I broke four minutes my first season in Loughborough. And um, then I, at Commonwealth Games, I went 3.46. Um, yeah, I came fourth to Mac Horton, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, he was my like one of my childhood idols, so it was great to see him. And then I went to the 1500, and I got to race Sam Short for the first time, which didn't, I wouldn't have known then, but now we're going to be probably racing a lot of the time now. And um, he, we, I came second to him 
uh, with I got a massive PB. I went fourteen fifty one. Uh, so that was I don't know how much of a drop it was uh, from fifteen oh seven or something like that. Oh, fifteen oh two. I think I went. And then it came around to the to the last season. It just passed. Uh, my goal for this season was to uh, go for the podium and to knock a minute off my fifteen hundred PB since I came to Loughborough. So that would involve going sub fourteen thirty nine. And um, I went to the December season. Uh, that's our short course meters uh, season. Broke the European record. Uh, went seven twenty five in the eight hundred. Uh, massive. I did it in a home crowd in Dublin as well, which made it even more but special. Uh, the, the whole pool, pool turned green. My name flashing up everywhere. First ever European record for I know it was amazing. Uh, probably one of the most, the most special races I've ever raced. Um, then we just kept building off that. Basically, I went. I think I also went fourteen fourteen the week before. I went the seven twenty five a random meet as well. And then came around to April. Uh, not gonna lie, was not expecting much from this meet. I was fully rested and everything, but I, my goal was obviously the world champs in the summer. And um, I thought I would have more competition because this is a meet called the Stockholm Open, where a lot of European athletes go, like uh, Florian Welbrock, Romanchuk. Uh, you know, you know, Romanchuk was there. Sorry, and um, he, I raced him, and it was a great race. I touched the wall. I saw fourteen thirty four. I was like, oh my god. I never expect. I beat my goal time for the season, which was fourteen thirty six or something like that. I think it was. So obviously two seconds into that, which I in April I was like, "What's going on here?" And then um, eight hundred in that meet wasn't that great. I also went three forty four in the same meet uh, just before the fifteen hundred. So I was pretty good. It was only a four day meet, so quite a compact schedule. Uh, then basically kept training, going through everything still carrying on with the whole university course and everything and then came to the worlds um we went to our pre-camp in japan in sorry in thailand pretty cool place um we did a lot there and uh great team bonding for Ireland. and then went to the world chance i pulled out the 403 um main reason i think uh, i i saw a lot of like articles about what uh Heat scratch and Daniel Wiffen for your freestyle. Main reason because I'd never swam a double eight and double fifteen before, uh, and I wasn't sure how prepared I was going to be for it, uh, being the first time. So I thought we'll just focus on it and do double eight and double fifteen and see what happens and uh, see if we can progress through them. And then uh, obviously eight hundred came around first. Eight hundred heats was probably the hardest heats uh, I've had to swim my life. Well, like conserved but fast if you know what i mean like trying to be smart and uh it was great we had four of us in the line of my heat it was me gregorio paltonero roman uh roman chuck bobby fink i think i touched the heat out uh just touched out bobby and then went into the final and i think i was seated fourth fourth or third i think it was fourth and um obviously everybody knows these the, the 1500 luckily i was a part of them uh so i didn't really get to watch them but apparently they're one of the most like watched events at the world champs people loved them and uh, i went the european record in the final with fourth place so bittersweet i unlucky to come fourth because nobody's ever come fourth with a european record before but also i got a european record long course which i mean is amazing so i was happy with my result i progressed from my pb which is all you can ask really and it was just unfortunate the race was that fast i guess but 
we'll be back next time. And then uh, we went to the, there we had three days off, uh, making sure we're getting that recovery in. Cause that's obviously the hardest part about being a distance swimmer is having to do such long events and having to do them twice. Uh, 1500 heats, uh, the heat, heat rescheduled the night, like at nine o'clock the night before. So I already found out in the morning, which was obviously because uh, people pulled out and they just wanted to make two heats. Uh, so I ended up going from the last heat being in lane five, I think, to being in the second and last heat in lane four. Uh, so that was quite funny because uh, me and Bobby were talking about how we have no idea what's going to make it here. This could be 14.40 to some 15 minutes. We have no idea because of how deep, deep the field is at the moment. Um, so we were just like, all right, we're just going to see how it goes. And I think I, we both went, I think he touched me out at the end. My plan was go to 500 at a normal speed, what I would like in my PB pace, and then shut down a bit to save a bit of energy. And uh, then I think we were, me and Bobby were basically back and forth. And then he touched me out at the end, and we both went 14.43. And uh turns out we were way quicker than what we needed to be to make it back. But I guess that's just the, that's just the game, isn't it? And then, so we both went lane four and five in the final. Um, the final for me was obviously very hard uh, looking back on it uh, because I was obviously technically ranked first on PB in the final uh, with my PB of 14.34 because uh, Florian Welbrock didn't make it and Greg pulled out, so they were the two above me. And um, so I went in with the mindset of I've definitely got a chance here to get on the podium at least. And uh, I walked out so happy. I was feeling great, unbelievable. Probably the best shape I've ever been in my life. And I think I just, as soon as I dived in, I went out great speed and probably overworked. And then I probably lost my head a bit in the middle. And then that was basically the race goal. And then I was just playing catch up from there. Uh, but uh, I think great experience. Coming forth again uh, was uh, obviously not very fun. I think I rode a rather come fifth to be honest, <laughs> double fourth is not great. And then even I just, I think I went 0.5 faster than my heat swim and my heat swim was so easy compared to my final uh, that I was expecting to go a lot faster. And um, even just after the race, I think I just was like to my coach, I was just like, to be honest, I don't really want to speak about this race. I'm just going to go back to the hotel and try to forget about it and just have some fun uh, after the, after racing. So that was that. And then I went two weeks after that to European under 23s, uh, which uh, I did. I wasn't really up for that meet. It was in Dublin. That was probably the only reason why I went. And I didn't really train that much for it. I just came back and was doing two, three Ks just to keep the body moving. And I ended up going 1435 <laughs> in, the, in that event, which would have won a medal, which is kind of funny. But I just didn't. Really, it's good. I, I just really focused on the event. I didn't go that fast, and then I got a gold in that event, and then two silvers, uh, which was amazing to do in Dublin again, getting those three medals, and then that was the end of my season, really. And then we're starting back now. So, but yeah, sorry, that was quite a lot. <laughs> I went for everyone there. Well, you got a you got a long story to tell, so I'm glad yeah. you're telling it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's epic just to hear about you know, like the progression from, you know, showing up at Loughborough and 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 like setting your sights on just you know beating and beating him in one session, to then um, you know thinking about how do I dial in prelim final at a world championship? You know, those totally those are yeah. those are very different scenarios. But you, on that point, because you know, talking about like, 
having results in the prelim and the final and then you know a short time later coming back with those a slightly quicker swim i know that as a sprinter i knew there was a big difference i could tell between going 226 in a 50 and going 221 like those felt completely different to me um but the shorter distances may be easier to dial in the speed but i've always wondered for a distance swimmer like you know, you said you and Bobby didn't know, is it sub 15 or is it 1440s that we need to go? And you end up going 1443. Can you tell the difference between a 1453 and a 1443 when you're doing it, especially uh, yeah. rested? Yeah, yeah. Rested, uh, unrested, probably not, probably a lot harder. Uh, rested, uh, you can definitely tell a difference, I think. When me and Bobby were saying about that, it was more that like we didn't know what was going to make it to qualify. So basically, we were like, all right, we better be on the faster end to make it back. And um, I think, yeah, it is quite hard. You've got to really know your body, basically, to know what pace you're going to go at. Like, I could I could go swim my PB pace right now if you just told me to. I know what it feels like. I wouldn't be able to hold it for as long right now because uh, I'm not that, not that shape at the moment. But... I could definitely hold that pace for a little bit and tell you that's my PB pace. And the same, I could go a bit slower and tell you what pace is. Like we do this drill in where we Andy will give us a time. We've got to try hit it, for example, in training. And it's just trying to get your body knowing what speed you're at, stuff like that. Unlike previous world champs and, and large competitions, they had the open water events before the pool swimming. And like you said, some of the real big names in the mile ended up pulling out what was the talk amongst the distance guys about maybe the order of those events and how much that did impact them and influence them to maybe pull out? Yeah, I mean, I, actually, for the majority of us, we don't swim those the open water. Uh, it did used to be like that where majority of 15 years were open water swimmers. But uh, to be honest, I think they should probably put it after the swimming to give everybody a fair shot. Uh, sorry, after the pool swim. Give everybody a fair shot at trying to get this money because I know Florian Welbrock went two one hundreds faster than me in April, and he was definitely going to be a contender for that medal as well. And I think the open water he got double gold on that, which he obviously is not going to complain about. But maybe he'll feel like he got robbed a bit from the event order. But I mean, coming to World Champs in February, that's the order is going to be open water. I think after the pool and the same for the Olympics. So coming up, it'll probably be more stacked than it was at World Champs. So that'll be even more fun. Yeah, the open water racing is super fun to watch. It's always funny to me to see how it comes down to, you know, just the last little bit, like the gamesmanship that comes from distance swimming. Um, but it's interesting, too, for me to watch distance swimming in the pool over the last several years, because I feel like every time I come into a big meet, there's different tactics that I'm not sure what I'm going to see. Like, um, you know, Bobby's epic comebacks in in the the 800 and the mile at the olympics and then repeating it a bit in the following year but then you know you've got a couple of years ago greg paltrinieri going out hard like kind of in an outside lane and just almost surprising people even for someone of his pedigree <laughs> to to just kind of like take the race by the balls and go mm -hmm. um and then, you know, in the last year, we've seen some of that, too, with Sam Short and Hafnawi. And so I feel like, you know, as far as race tactics go, we're at kind of an interesting point where there's a lot of different players in elite men's distance swimming. 
And there's a lot of different race strategies being played right now too. And you kind of got to be ready for all of it because you can train as much as you want, but you know, like that's, what's different about distance swimming versus sprinting is, you know, the impacts of the race, the race can impact how, how you actually swim it. You know, if somebody makes a move, you may want to go with them. So I don't know, what does it feel like to be kind of in the mix amongst that group? And how is that impacting like decisions you make pre-race or what you're preparing to be ready for if something happens in the race? Um, yeah, I'd say that you probably need to know your opponents pretty well. Um, like I probably, if you asked me in that race, if I was going to say who was going to go out fast in the 1500, I'm going to pick Sam Short. Uh, he he is the 400 world champ he's going to have the best front end speed and i think uh then next off i want to put lucas mertens and ahmed half an hour half an hour because they all have that 400 speed and um as that is what happened basically in the race that uh sam short went out fast and actually i was surprised because uh half an hour he just sat back with bobby fink um and i was kind of in between the Sam short and then the Bobby in between them. So I was like not out as quick as Sam, but not out as slow as Bobby. So I was in the in between. And I think in terms of race tactics, if you know what they're going to do before you're going in, uh, it probably may help you, but also, I mean, especially me in that race, you need to have your head screwed on. You need to believe in your race strategy that is going to get you to the best time. And I think that's what I didn't do as good in that race is that I didn't stick to my own strategy. I played off other people. And um, I think that's what everybody in that, like Bobby did his own race strategy. He saw Sam, Sam on the outside and he was like, all right, forget about him for the moment. I'm going to stick up my pace and I will catch him towards the end and I'll chip him, chip away. And um, that's the same with uh, Ahmed. And they, those two just had their own little battle at the end. And um, I was trying to catch Sam for the bronze medal and I was just climbing and climbing. And then I got to the point where I just couldn't go anymore and I was just hurting. Um, but uh, I think it was the race strategies really play a, a, like, a, I mean, everybody's going to have something different and nobody's going to know each other's what they're actually going to do in the race. So really it's just about following your own strategy, I'd say. You mentioned earlier getting fourth and getting the European record. And that's very uncommon, right? For yeah. a European record to not medal at a world championship. Now the distance races are now becoming some of the most exciting to watch because you have all these guys pressing the world record line. But one thing I find amazing is it's not just one pocket of Europeans or one pocket of Americans. Like sometimes you'll get like in maybe Australia women's 100, 200 free, like they're kind of a pocket there all at the top. You have an Australian, an American, an African from Tunisia, and you have Tunisia. You have um, you guys in Europe. Why do you think it's so spread out right now with so many different, not only you know areas of success, but areas of people pushing the world record line as well? Mm-hmm. I'd say that uh, I'd I pers- so I'd say that Australia are pretty renowned for their distance swimming already. So I mean, I think uh, Sam being so good at just really is part of the Australian culture, you know what I mean, in distance swimming. Uh, America, I mean, they've had medalists in the past and um, they've just got such a great system over there that that's, I guess, can play into the factor of Bobby and I guess Ahmed as well because he's over there in Indiana. And um, uh, maybe not 
maybe pre-Olympics, I would say something different, but he's been there for, I don't know how many, two years has he been in Indiana now? Uh, so he's now part of that uh, collegiate system where basically they're pushing for the, they've got so much training and stuff like that together and they're racing each other. So I'd say that they're the two main groups in terms of like, and then the Europeans, everybody, uh, This I know this more because I guess I am European, so I know how it works, but Basically, everybody's in their own little groups in America. I guess similar with the colleges, um, Australia with their clubs. But like, I wouldn't go and I haven't trained with anybody like uh, Florian or uh, Romanchuk. I know the, uh, but so I don't really know what they're doing. But I just kind of focus on myself, and that's what I do in training. And then I think those two train together. So the only time we really race is going to be at Europeans before we race at the World Series. So. I think that's um, probably why the others maybe do so badly because they race each other in America and in Australia, the same thing. I'm just curious. You mentioned your brothers earlier and, um, you know, the fact that one's swimming, one's coaching and uh, having different levels of success. But you're both like, you know, you and your uh, twin brother are really both successful in the pool right now um, for your own right, even if he's not like, you know, training in your environment. I'm just curious, like, um, you know, what's, can you talk a little bit about what you get from your brothers uh, that helps you? And, and is there anything kind of the, some kind of special sauce that conversations that you guys have pre pre meet or like jabs that you throw at each other, uh, to get each other fired up pre meet. Uh, yeah. Uh, my old, yeah. My older brother said he's a coach in Ireland. Um, I mean, he used to be a distance swimmer. Um, uh, he wasn't that good, uh, but he was still a distance swimmer, you know? Uh, so maybe it's in the family. But my twin brother, Nathan, swam 200 backstroke up until last season. I think he switched. Uh, so he hasn't really been doing distance for that long. I think he goes like 1521 and 757 now. Uh, we live together. So it's just me and him. He's in the room next door. But uh, we, in training, I feel like we got a special bomb. My coach touched on this when we had our Loughborough team meeting at the start of the season or we all get together that he wants what me and Nathan have with everybody else. Cause we don't really take shit. If you know what I mean? Like we're going to give each other it and we're going to tell each other how it is. Like if I see Nathan slacking off at the back of the lane, not really happen. doesn't really happen. But if, or if I'm beating him, I'm letting him know, you know what I mean? I might tell him and I'm going to tell him that he's, he needs to go faster to make it. And he'll do the same for me. I mean, if if he ever if he beats me on one rep, the same thing I did for to Felix my first year. Nathan is trying to do to me now. He's like, I'm just trying to beat him on one rep in a set. Maybe not the whole set, but if I can beat him on one rep, then I'm better than I was, and I'm going to keep aiming for him. And I think uh, like Nathan will equally just give me shit if I'm not doing something right either. So that's where we are so good together, and uh, I'm happy to switch the distance from him because I feel like it's going to make me a hell of a lot faster. Pre-meet, pre-meet, um, we haven't raced. We're not, I wouldn't say we're that competitive yet in terms on time. So I'd probably be quite a lot faster than when we race. And uh, But I mean, pre-meet, we're probably, I'm more looking for Nathan to beat the other people on our squad. I'm like, come on, Nathan, you can take him out. Let's go. You get him. Try and get as close to me as possible, but don't beat me. You stay there. <laughs> Stuff like that. And uh, But I mean, 
I think Nathan will make this Olympics in Paris, so I'm really looking forward to hopefully both of us being there. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he may if he if he makes Paris and then he goes on to make the final in Paris because uh, he's seen me done it. I've told him all the different stories and stuff like that. So technically, he's got the same experience as me as me just letting him know. And uh, I mean, it, again, it would just wouldn't surprise me because he's just training very hard at the moment. All right. You've probably heard all of the legends, urban legends about uh, twin energy and intuition and kind of uh, ESP. Is there anything, do you feel like you can read his mind? Do you guys have any of that weird kind of voodoo twin stuff or you know how he's feeling, even if he's not in your presence or something bad happened to him and you got to call him? Yeah. Uh, well, we have like stuff like uh, today in the gym, we'd, we're like, we woke up this morning. I didn't even look like what he was wearing or something like that. I mean, I looked, when we came to the gym saying we were in the exact same outfit you know what i mean so yeah. like uh we we say this the stuff the exact same thing at the same time uh that happens a lot uh or like i think of a song nathan sings it uh i'd say in terms of feeling if nathan's feeling bad i'm probably also feeling bad you know what i mean uh i don't know if that's really to do with us being twins or just because we're in the same training group you know what i mean <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, we do have little things. I mean, I can't like, I can't go like, oh yeah, I know what Nathan's thinking right now. I'm gonna tell him some of it like <laughs> through my head. I can't do that, but we definitely are more connected than everybody else. Do you know if there's ever been twins to make the same Olympic team? I looked online. I only saw some synchronized swimmers, but uh, I you know I just searched for one second. Have, have you ever heard of two twins making um, the Olympic swim team? Not. I can't think of any twins. I know uh, there's Polish twins. I'm not sure if they've made their swim team. They're both. I'm not sure if they've gone to the Olympics. No, I'm not really sure. They're, they're probably has been years ago, but sure, not at the moment. Uh, so that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I know that Ireland have had two brothers medal at the Olympics in rowing. Uh, they were on the same boat. Uh, so maybe we could replicate that in swimming. That'd be great. Hmm. Yeah, John, when you mentioned it, it made me think that there's got to be someone if you if you if you know, um, and you're listening or watching this, let us know in the comments, because uh, we may just be totally overlooking something. But um, yeah, so what's next, Daniel? Uh, looking forward, we talked a lot about kind of uh, how you got into where you are right now. Um, but, you know, coming into an Olympic year, obviously, you got some uh some you're already into the the pre-olympics media train that's just going to ramp up even more over the next year how are you preparing for that what do you hope to achieve uh you know in this next 12 months or or even beyond yeah uh so i'm pre-qualified for paris and did dial the world champs uh, that just involved me getting the uh, world of classics a cut uh, at the meet so i did that in the 8 and 15 uh, at the moment, I just finished like two weeks off in the end of August, uh, um, which was very fun. I mean, I tried to not think about swimming, but then I'm writing down my goal times and writing down what I want to do next season in my two weeks off. So it doesn't really surprise me. But um, we came back. We had our preseason where all the new freshers come in. Uh, this is great. Um, new people to train with, which I love, new people to race, uh, which to be honest, I'm very surprised at, I tell you. I thought, uh, obviously going quite fast at the moment, I thought that I wouldn't really be that challenged with the new freshers coming in. Obviously, they're quite a bit younger than me. 
but they are putting it to me at the moment. I thought I would be coming in and winning everything, and I'm. I mean, it may be only fifteen meters max, but I'm 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 counting them as reps, so I need to start winning them. And uh, but yeah, this is we're just into our like starting aerobic phase. Basically, we're getting our meters up this week. We're on, I think seventy five k something like that. It's it's meant to be sixty nine k, but we've also got our like club champs. It's not really club champs, but it is. Basically, we do fifty of every stroke, fifty underwater, hundred IM short course meters. So basically, it's a battle of the sprinters and the distance guys kind of just fall to the bottom of the pile. But we like to, if we can beat them in summit, then we try. And uh, then we have two weeks where we go into uh, basically just our aerobic phase, keep building the meters. I'm going to Arizona then in October to do go to Flagstaff to altitude uh, for three weeks. Then come back, we have a British University Championships short course where I'm going to break my own records, try and make them a little bit faster. Uh, then probably a long course meet uh, because of it being the Olympic season. We'll probably get an early long course meet in. Uh, probably the Rotterdam meet, I would say. Uh, it's in the Netherlands. Then European short course, uh, going to be a very fun meet. I probably won't get much rest into it, but I'm... I mean, I'm the European short course 800 meter record holder. So, I mean, I'd like to be able to post something like that in the, one of those championships. That would be very fun. And then um, I'll probably just do then a local meet after that in Loughborough. And then uh, my Christmas break will be about two days uh, because of the world champs in February. Uh, so I'll be going to them, uh, the world champs. I'll be doing uh, probably a full eight. I'll be definitely doing eight and 15. I'm not sure about the 400 yet. That really will. I'll enter it and decide on the day if I want to do it or decide on the week before. And then um, after that, I think I get a week off after World Champ. Oh, sorry, no, I've got British University Long Course Championships, which will be, I think, very fun because coming off the back of Worlds, I feel like I can be very fast at that meet. And to be honest, there's not really much competition at these meets. Um, it's really like you against the clock or me against my teammates because Loughborough are like 40 years winning this this meet uh so we just dominate it to be honest and um yeah go into that meet uh probably just try get something close to what i go at the world champs would be amazing make that record basically impossible to somebody else to break at the british universities and then uh head and then basically that take a week off after that i think and then we start the season the second part of the season back up again and uh head to arizona again for probably over a month in april I got my. I have to go back to Irish Olympic trials, which are in the end of May, which will be exciting because our trials are normally in April. So we pushed them back a bit, uh, I guess, because of the World Champs as a qualification meet for Ireland, uh, trying to get people more rest in between. And I, I, I have to swim there to prove like my fitness, just to show that I'm still in shape for the Olympics. And then, I guess, then it's just Olympic focus then after that, and just getting it done. And uh, you said about my goals for the season. Um, I think main goal would be to get on the podium in Paris. Uh, I think it'd be something special. I've never held an Olympic medal or seen one in person, so I would like the first one to be mine. Um, and then uh, in terms of other meets, I think just PBs would be great. 
Um, I want to touch on the the uni champs. You mentioned there's a long course one. John and I both swam in the NCAA's, and we follow the you know the that system uh, pretty closely. Just you know, being Americans and here locally. Um, what can you explain a little bit more about like the the uni system champs? So, um, there's a long course champs. Is there a short course champs? And yeah. It's basically just Loughborough dominating. Do you guys like peak for it at all? Is it just train right through it? Does it mean anything? Are there like specific team goals for it? Uh, so like how we, there's a short course meters one in November and a long course meters one in February. Okay. Uh, so we have, we, and then they have a teams one as well in March. Maybe I want to say where they just do relays and 200 and below. I think I'm not really sure. I never go to the team one. So I'm, to i'm not fast enough for it also uh, uh so the, basically the system yeah i'd say best definitely in a distance events we dominate uh i don't think well in the time i've been there we've never lost a distance event uh and then we've we in terms of the loughborough winning 40-year streak swimming is in terms it's all university sport it's not just swimming for British universities so swimming is just a part of every other sport but swimming contributes the points towards the overall like university so it's really what university wins if you know what I mean uh, swimming contributes the most amount of points um, to the main total and uh, as I said Loughborough have been winning the overall for 42 years 43 years I think something like that I don't know off the top of my head uh, but so uh, it's just um, it's, I guess it's completely different to NCAA's. Um, we score, we can swim as many events as uh, we can swim three events. I think that's similar to the NCAA's. And um, you can in the first one in the short course, you can enter as many athletes as you want, but only two points score per event. And this and the long course one, you can only enter two athletes per event and both points score for that. Um, so short course is a bit easier maybe to score points if your main athlete isn't performing and you've got a secondary athlete who comes out of the blue and posts a fast time if you know what I mean uh, and then um, I think we're quite competitive in the sprint events with Sterling University that's where Duncan Scott trains and um, who who else is a good university swimming um, Edinburgh Edinburgh University they have, they're pretty good at swimming as well and Bath University as well uh, that's where Tom Dean trains in Bath stuff like that and uh, yeah, but I feel like Loughborough probably w- definitely win the overall events. And um, I think I'm reigning top male performer um, from, yeah, I think I went 15.02 or something like that last season. Yeah. And we don't, sorry, and to answer the question again, we don't rest for them. Uh, we just train through them, basically. Okay. Have and you got any more questions on that? Or? Uh, a little one. One, I think, a comment. You get that re- that start down, you might make the, the relay championships. You can go to that one. Well, we actually have our university, like Loughborough University, have a meet coming up in, just before I go to altitude. And I'm saying to them, if I go like 48, 47 short course meters and 103, I want to be on that relay. <laughs> I like it. Like you said, you got to have goals. Yeah. <laughs> And this might be an ignorant question, but do you guys get scholarships for university for sports at all there? Yeah, so it wouldn't work the same as America. We don't get tuition fees paid. You just get basically uh, like 
cash sent to your account, if you know what I mean. But the main requirements are, well, to get a scholarship, you have to be pretty good in the first place. Like me coming me coming in, I was, I keep 18th at World Juniors. Um, so that qualified them for me to have a scholarship. But uh, the scholarships are nowhere near as much as they are in America. Um, we just, uh, for, for example, they could be like three fares in pound, I don't know, to five fares in pound, something like that. And uh, so they probably wouldn't pay tuition fees, but um, they're pretty close. And um, yeah, I and mean, you get stuff like gym membership and stuff on top of that. So uh, yeah, that's how a scholarship works. It also works the same as you actually, I'm not sure in America you can, yeah, this happens, but we our scholarship doesn't change if you get better, then you're just expected to get better, basically, through the program. That's what you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that depends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can change. Certain programs may start you and keep you at the same thing. I, for example, like started on almost nothing and then had, you know, um, probably like 50, 60% scholarship by the time I finished just because I was earning it and kind of re-upped every year. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully they can do that. But yeah. Do you sometimes I feel like most often I hear this from uh, folks who have been part of the South African Federation um, as far as funding goes, like, you know, historically that that program has um, had some like odds with its swimmers over, you know, lack of funding to, you know, have to pay their own way to get to the Olympics or pay their own way to get their own their dress sweats and, and et cetera. Um, do, do you feel like or what's it what's it like with with Ireland and and honestly, like you're representing two different entities in a way. I'm curious if that changes between um, you know repping Ireland for most meets and then Com Games. It's Northern Ireland, and those are like two different sets of like groups of people. Just like, do you feel like you're in a good spot when it comes to funding, where you don't have to think about it and you can go and um, just like focus on your training, know that you've got the support to just like do what you need to do to be an elite athlete. Um, yeah, how does all that work? Yeah, in Ireland, uh, well, we, we are, it's nothing like uh, South Africa. We're very similar to Britain, uh, how all our competitions are paid for and everything like that through the federation. And we get also funding, like uh, we call it carding. Excuse me. We call it carding where uh, basically you get your monthly payment like that. And uh, to qualify for that, to get on the lowest bracket of funding, you need to get top 16 at World Champs, I think. Uh, so and then it basically you the more the better you do the more you get stuff like that and then you got your sponsorships on top of that as well which obviously in america you can't take money is that right for sponsorships stuff like that it's starting to change now uh just recently in the last year plus um there's a new regulation called um nil uh, which is name image likeness because uh, there was some like lawsuit and litigation that came through that basically was fighting for athletes whose images and likeness was being used for commercial purposes and they weren't getting any of the money back. And so now it does allow college athletes who are receiving scholarship money and are eligible for college funds to get sponsorship, but there are some limitations to it. Um, and there's a lot of gray area there with the, with the details and the fine print. But so the answer, the short answer is yes, they can receive some money now and have sponsorships and it's totally changing the college landscape. Okay. We don't have any of those issues. Like we can have whatever sponsorship we want. They can pay us as much as they want in the UK. So, yeah. Um, One thing when you were going over 
kind of the, the season plan that stuck out. And we've, we've heard it from a few international athletes is going to Flagstaff for some altitude training. And, you know, in America, we know there in Colorado Springs are both great facilities with great altitude and, you know, everything's all right there, which is convenient. But are there not facilities like this that are closer, like in Europe, that would be more convenient than traveling all the way uh, to the States? Uh, yeah, I mean, preferably I'd rather go to Europe. I don't want to go to America to do the time change and then also have to adapt to altitude. But uh, we kind of like, uh, we can't go. Uh, so they have a couple in Europe. Basically, the one that we normally go to uh, to um, Sierra Nevada in Spain, which is basically a little bit higher than Flagstaff. It's not much higher. Uh, but uh, we, uh, we just had a couple bad experiences up there in terms of food, people getting sick. And stuff like that that we thought we would try something different this season and head to Flagstaff because that's where the British team goes and we've heard so many good things uh, uh the only downside is it's, it's very expensive I guess uh but uh so maybe not our whole team can afford to go so we end up traveling with a half squad which isn't great in terms of the team atmosphere and trying to push each other but I mean we just go we're going there for the straight benefit of just altitude uh, so we have to go especially on Olympic year. And um, there is a couple more in um, in Europe, but they're not as high. They're about 1,800, and we're look at, really looking for the highest possible to try and get the most gain. And um, I guess um, that's just why we went to Flagstaff. And Colorado Springs, I'm not sure how it works for us to go there. I've heard it for outsiders, it's very expensive because uh, I guess if you're in the US, you'd probably get a heavily discounted price because of just being part of the national team or something like that, where I think it would probably be a lot more for us to go there. But uh, I mean, I'll I mean, I'll mean, tell you how Flagstaff is. And uh, I mean, you'll see on my YouTube channel, I'll be filming the whole thing. So, Hell yeah, we will. Um, yeah, you can't be coming to a Colorado Springs and stealing our American secrets. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got some rapid fire questions for you to wrap up. Okay. What's the hardest race in swimming? Uh, if I don't pick my own events, I'm picking 200 back. Olympic gold or world record? Olympic gold. Do you pee in the pool? Yeah. <laughs> What's a good reaction time for a distance swimmer? 0. 0.7. <laughs> 0. 0.7 anything? Uh, yeah, 0. 0.70. We'll say 0. 0.70. All right, fair enough. Uh, what are some staple foods in your diet that you can't find at international meets or traveling or in Flagstaff? Uh, what do I? Well, that's a Guinness hard and Kerry Gold. We already talked about this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We can find those. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Actually, I feel like my diet's pretty. You can get it anywhere. You know what I mean? I don't feel like there is one. This was from an Instagram follower. What do you do for meat warm up? Briefly, since it's rapid, um, we I do it's around two thousand meters. Start with some aerobic, then a mix of kickback free. Um, then I go into some descend reps, then some race pace, and then a little tiny swim down, and then close on as quick as possible and keep the warmth in. What's one race in your career you'd rather forget? Um, Oh, that one's a hard one. Uh, I feel like you learn everything. You learn something from every race. Uh, but I've actually got one. So World Juniors 2019, 800 freestyle. I think I swam into the wall, uh, and one of my I missed the turn and went. I hit my head on the wall. 
<laughs> Swimming freestyle? <laughs> what, what was Glasses that? thing. Come on, B. Uh, yeah. I think there was no T on the bottom of the pole. The cameras were blocking it, so I missed it. And the, all the pole was white, so I just went head first. I still BB, though. Still BB. <laughs> Claim it. <laughs> What's the best swim you've ever seen in person? Um... Uh, Gregorio Palatineri's fifteen hundred at World Champs twenty twenty two, where he led from the start. What times in the eight and the fifteen will it take to medal in Paris? Uh, bronze medal fifteen hundred, sub fourteen thirty, uh, eight hundred seven seven thirty seven take bronze. How often are the Loughborough distance group doing social kick? Uh, at nearly every, after every session, at the end of every session. That's what I'm talking about. Awesome. I think that's going to be the secret to success. Enough of this uh, distance swimming where you can't see the wall and you'd smash your head on the wall. We need more social kick. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I want more <laughs> social kick. <laughs> Daniel, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, it's fun to hear your story, and uh, so cool to to see you at this point in your career. Pretty stoked to watch the results as you just continue to keep grinding, man. Keep uh, getting those incremental improvements. It's going to be uh, a big year, and we're we're here for it. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thank you very much. It was very fun. All right, that's it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody! Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.